a merciful God. We serve a kind God. We serve an all-powerful God. For those of you who are watching us by stream, you welcome, we welcome you here right now into the sanctuary here at Bright Temple. We praise God for you joining us this morning. But we've already been giving God praise and glory because we know that he's worthy. He's worthy to be praised. And we praise God for his goodness and his kindness and his mercy to us. For those of you who are here with us and for those of you who are watching us by stream, we say welcome. We praise God for you. We thank God that you've decided to be with us and join in with us. We know that there are so many other things that you could do, so many other concerns that you could have and be addressing on this morning. But we know that the right thing to do is to give God the praise. I said we know that the right thing to do is to give God the praise. We praise God from abundance of thanks. We praise God from an abundance of thanks. We're just grateful for everything that he has done. And even on this week where even our nation and recognizes the need to give thanks, we know that in everything we ought to give thanks. That's what we're going to talk about this morning, giving thanks in everything. That's going to be our topic for this morning, giving thanks in everything. Can I pray with you? If you'll bow your heads with me, Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this opportunity for our hearts, our minds, Lord, for our destiny, Lord, to be impacted by your word. Lord, this is a destiny moment and we must take it seriously. We must be ready and prepared for what you have to say to us in this moment. Lord, speak through us, Lord. Let your word find fallow ground in our hearts, in our minds, and in our spirits. Allow your word to illuminate our path and show us the way that you'd have us to go. And most of all, Lord, do not allow us to leave this experience the same way that we came. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, put those hands together again and give God some praise for his word. I want you to join me in Ephesians chapter 5. Again, that's Ephesians chapter 5. And we're going to focus on verse 20. Again, Ephesians chapter 5. And let's go back a little bit. Let's look at verses 18 through 20. Ephesians chapter 5. And we will look at verses 18 through 20. I'll be reading from the English Standard Version, so my version may vary a little bit from yours. Again, that's Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 20. And the word of the Lord says, and do not, and I'm English Standard Version, verse 18, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I just want to talk to you for a few moments about giving thanks in everything. Giving thanks in everything. If there has ever been a test of how often we give thanks, 2020 has been a year to test how grateful and how thankful we are to God. Seems like we are battered on every side. You know how Paul said it? We are, we're troubled on every side, but yet, yet not distressed. Cast down, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. It seems like we've gone through every single bit of that scripture in 2020. If it's not one thing the saints used to say, it's another. And it seems like we cannot get a break. If it's not, if, if, if when we get through one part, here we find something else. We were, we were dealing already in the year with the, with the pandemic. We were dealing then on top of the pandemic. Then here comes, uh, a racial tension as black men and, and women are, are, are killed for seemingly no purpose. And then we're dealing, with, uh, we're dealing with protests and then we're dealing with riots in the streets and we're dealing with destruction of property and we're dealing with a very divided America. 
Then on top of that, then here come the murder hornets from 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 Japan or whatever from from Asia. And then we, 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 we seem like we, we have uh, dictators in foreign countries who seem like they can't get their self, themselves together. And our, our sovereignty as a nation and even our, our safety has seemed to be threatened. We're dealing with that. We're dealing with an election that it seems like it won't be resolved. We, we have so many issues that seem to be combating us. And then when we think we have the virus under control, then it's here it goes sprouting back up again even coming back even harder than it has before. It seems like if, it, if 2020 has ever embodied the phrase, it's been, if it isn't one thing, it's another. When it comes to that, that seems to challenge the very precepts of what we believe. Because as Christians, we believe that Christ will deliver us out of all things. We believe that we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. We believe that Christ has already secured for us the victory. So then when things come to challenge us, it challenges our faith. It challenges our perception of things. It challenges us into whether or not we're really living victoriously. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. 2020 has certainly challenged the concept of whether or not we are living an abundant life. How can I be living an abundant life when I'm ravaged on every side by the pandemic? I'm encased by fear of contracting this deadly virus. How how can I be living victorious and how can I be living life abundantly when my job is shutting down and I'm I'm having to change jobs? I'm having to scrap. I'm having to to look for unemployment to try and sustain me during the time of this pandemic. When I I, I get one check for the government and I'm hoping for another one to help sustain me and it seems like it's not coming. How can I say that I'm living a victorious and abundant life when even the very little things that help to sustain me do not seem to be present? Jobs are cutting back. Jobs are not only laying off, but then they're asking others to take reduced salaries. And, and then if, they, if, you, if you were scheduled for a raise, then the raise didn't come because of the pandemic. And you're concerned about your health. You're concerned about work. You're concerned about so many things that seem to challenge the notion that we are living victoriously. But see, the issue of us living victoriously and us living, uh, us living an abundant life We have to understand that the purpose of our abundance, the purpose of us living victoriously is not the acquisition of things. Living victoriously is not about acquiring things, because if you live long enough, you'll understand that acquiring things come with their own trouble. You get enough of something, you'll recognize that trouble comes along with it. I was discussing with a friend and a relative who was talking about somebody who had a beautiful home that, that, that lived uh, on, on the outskirts of, of a major city. And we're looking at how beautiful it was. And we were talking about, whoa, that's wonderful. It was a nice pool and a, a big, beautiful house. And then I, I looked down, Brother Osborne, at the, the tax bill they get every year. And the tax bill they get every year is worth more than the house I live in. And I was like, well, Lord, you can have that <laughs> because the, the acquisition of things, I, I'm telling you, accompanying that is trouble, is trials that come along with that. So what I need you to understand is that we must not determine whether or not we're living victorious based on the acquisition of things. The Bible says, set your affections on things above, not on things of this earth. They also tell us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That is where our battle is, and that's where our battle is won. That's how we live victorious. This type of victory that I'm talking about, you might not sleep in a double king-size bed. You can look it up. It's it's ridiculously large. You might not sleep in in a bed that large, but you might be in your twin bed, Your twin mattress might be laying on your floor, but you can sleep at night because you have victory in your heart. You have victory in your mind and you're not encumbered and troubled by the things of this world. 
You might you might not live might not ride in a in in a Bentley limousine. I don't even want to figure out how much that is. Let's just say it is is expensive. You know how we say not expensive, expensive. But I I, I I might drive in my in my one passenger. You go. I don't know if they even make those anymore. <laughs> but but if it gets me from point A to point B. Gets me to where I need to go to sustain my life. While I'm driving down the road, I can whistle and be happy. Because my victory is in my heart, in my mind, in my spirit. And it sustains me to have peace when everything else around me seems to be falling apart. I'm talking about understanding where your victory is. Because if you're looking for victory across the finish line of the acquisition of great things, the acquisition of great wealth, the acquisition of cars and and homes and jewelry, you'll find yourself disappointed because that's a moving finish line. Because when you think you're there, you'll find somebody else who has a little bit more than you do. You think you have the most? Baby, I come to tell you there's somebody who has a little bit more. You won't be satisfied because you think you have the most and then you'll discover there's somebody richer than you that has more than you. It is a moving finish line that you'll never reach. You will not have peace in your heart and in your mind if acquisition of things is how you determine whether or not you have victory. I'll tell you another way to live victorious. Not only in determining that my victory is not determined by how many things I have, but victory is also determined about how I choose, let me give you this, how I choose to love and treat my neighbors. How I choose to love and treat my neighbors. Somebody say it with me, say it's a choice. It's a choice. It's a choice how I choose to love and treat my neighbors. See, the thing about it is, if you Involve yourself in mess. That is every that is how your life will be defined. If you start confusion, baby, prepare to live in confusion. Because the same confusion you start are the same bricks that you're building in the house that you're going to live in. If you live in confusion and start confusion, your house is going to be named confusion. And that's all you'll ever have is confusion in your house. Confusion in your mind. If you start gossip, prepare to live in gossip. That's where you're going to live. That's where you're going to reside. That is going to define your life. Let me give you this. If you choose to hate people, prepare to live in hate. It will define your life. That will define your existence. And if you want to hate people, be prepared to be mad every day. If that's how you choose to live, somebody said with me again, say it's a choice. It's a choice how you choose to love and treat your neighbors. It's a choice how you do that. Because you can't, I don't care how much wealth you have. If you treat everybody bad, you're going to live in hate. You're going to live in turmoil. You're going to live in confusion. Because a product of how you live is also how you interact and treat the people that you share the planet with. And let me give you this, and I hope it helps somebody. Everybody doesn't have to agree with you for you to love them. Everybody doesn't have to agree with you. They don't have to vote the way you vote. They don't have to choose the same candidates you choose. And you can still love them. Now, if you choose to hate them, what did I tell you? Prepare to live in hate. Prepare to get up and be mad every day. What is it, the color purple? She said, I done fought every day of my life. Some of you, that's how you're going to lose. But that's a choice to fight every day. Because it's dependent upon how you treat people. You want to be that warrior that argues with everybody and is mean to everybody? Be prepared to fight every day because it's a choice as to how you've decided to love and treat your neighbors. See, the thing about it is, and this is this is the the ugly thing about hate, is sometimes you hate people who either don't know you exist or don't care that you're upset. 
Let me help somebody. There's some people out there, y'all hate, y'all hate Donald Trump and y'all hate Nancy Pelosi and y'all hate all these politicians. They don't even know you. They don't know you exist. You waking up mad and they, they happy eating their cereal in the morning. That because they don't know you. You being mad or hating them does not define their life. They keep on living. Again, say it with me again. Say it's a choice. It's a choice to wake up and love my neighbor. It's a choice to treat my neighbor with respect regardless of how they treat me. It's a choice. So the other thing thing about choosing how you treat and relate to people is whether or not you're going to be encumbered every day by what everybody else else thinks. Am I going to wake up and worry about what everybody else thinks? Because what they think does not define who I am. Am I going to worry? Some people live in anxiety. Will they like me? Will will they accept me? Uh, Will they like how I look in this dress? Will they be talking about me behind my back? That's a way to live in anxiety for the rest of your life. You have to understand, first of all, who you are. And in my relation with people, I'm going to love them. I'm going to treat them well if they like me or if they don't like me. But when I get back to my twin mattress that's laying on my floor in my room, I'm not going to lose any sleep over anybody. I'm not going to lose any sleep over anybody. I'm choosing. Victory is a choice. I'm choosing to live in victory. I'm choosing to live in victory. Now, let me give you this. Choosing to live in victory doesn't mean I win every battle. I don't win every battle. That's something we need to understand as Christians. Even though we can live victorious, that doesn't mean I win every battle. But you know what? If I get understanding from every battle, then I've still won. Win or lose. If I learn something from every battle, then I win. Because I've learned something. Some of you know, you've been, you don't have to raise your hand. But you've been in relationships that were bad. They were bad. That you, you have to just chalk that up to an L. That was a loss. But you know what? You learn something. You learn something. If nothing else, you learn, I don't want to be with them. I don't need that type of person. In fact, let me look back and figure out where I met them. Because wherever I met them, I don't need to go back there. Come on, y'all. I don't need to go back there and try and pick somebody else up or let somebody else talk to me. Because I'm learning from my experience. So even though I'm chalking up the relationship to a loss, I still win because I learned something. They fired me on that job. They let me go. But you know what? I learned something. Maybe I learned a skill that I didn't have. Maybe I learned the importance of interpersonal relationships. Maybe I learned something about interacting with my supervisor and my boss. If I, I may have learned what situations I like and what situations I don't like. Maybe I learned what's most important about having a job. As a teacher, I can tell you this. You are not going to have good job satisfaction as a teacher if you don't have a good relationship with your principal. That's something I've learned. You learn what is important. In fact, when I took the job before I have now, my wife and I were talking. And she said, Larry, you take that job because that principal who, who hired you likes you. He likes you. He really likes you. He wants you to be there. And I learned that importance through bad experiences. I learned how important that was. And even though I chalk up the previous experience to a loss, I became, I, it's still a win because I learned something. And each step in life, whether you chalk it up to a win, a loss, if you learn something, you're still living in victory. Because I learned something. your financial situation, your financial reverses. You, you, you learn something. You begin to appreciate certain things. I know the first house that my wife and I, we purchased, we, we learned some things after we were there a while. We learned that they built it as fast and as cheap as they could. 
So then through through a while, after a while, we had to start replacing certain parts of the house with better materials. I just give me on the on the exterior of the of the of the garage. They didn't get the proper weathering wood. They put some cheap wood that after the water gets in it for a while, it just rots and you have to replace it. We learned something. So when we replaced it, we didn't replace it with what was there. We replaced it with something that was better. So we took a loss in the beginning, but we learned something and we got better. So we still were able to live in victory. Whatever you experience in life, learn something from it, gather something from it, and then you can still live victorious. Somebody touch your neighbor and say it's a choice. Bible here says, do not be drunk with wine. Do not be drunk with wine. And I'm not, I'm not going to address it from the alcohol perspective, so we'll, we'll deal with that in another time. But it says, the, the important thing it says, but be filled with the Spirit. What's the difference? It's talking about something tangible as, a poor, as, a part, as opposed to something spiritual. It's saying, don't live for the feeling that alcohol gives you, but live for the feeling that being filled with the Spirit gives you. Let me give you that. Don't, 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 don't allow the carnal thing. It, it could have just as easily said, don't, don't smoke weed. It could have said, just don't sleep around all the time. The point that it's making, it says, don't live for the physical pleasures that life can provide. But live victoriously by being filled with the Spirit. How many of you know in here that there's nothing like being filled with the Spirit? That gives you a feeling that cannot be matched. It cannot, it cannot be attained by anything else. But just being filled with God's spirit is something that can lift you up in the middle of your distress. You can just declare while you're down, while you're depressed, while you're feeling anxiety. You can say the joy of the Lord is going to be my strength and it can help to strengthen your heart and your mind even in the middle of your trial, in the middle of your trouble. Because some people who don't know the joy of being filled with the spirit, they'll try to deaden that feeling with alcohol. They'll try to deaden that feeling with heroin or they'll try to rise above that feeling with marijuana. They'll they'll try many other things. They'll try sleeping around or, or getting in relationships that they don't need. They're finding trying to find other ways to match it with physical pleasures to get away from that feeling of loss that they have in their spirit. But when you're filled with the spirit, it can lift you up when you're down. It can cause you to raise your head. It can give you that, that, that joy unspeakable. It can give you that peace that passes all understanding. When you allow yourself to be filled with the spirit, I'm not going to fill myself with alcohol. I'm not filling myself with drugs. I'm not filling myself with the pleasures of life. But being filled with the spirit will lift me up when I'm down. It will encourage me when I'm feeling distressed. It will make me recognize that all of my help it comes from the Lord. David said, I'll look to the hills. I won't look to drugs. I won't look to alcohol. I won't look to women. He said, but I'll look to the hills from which cometh my help. Because all of my help. Somebody say all. Come on, say it like you mean to say all. All of my help. It comes from the Lord. That's all the scripture is saying here. We don't have to devolve into talking about the evils of alcohol and drugs. But what we're saying, he said, there's a choice that you're making. A choice to please the flesh or a choice to please the spirit. And if you want to live victoriously, you ought to be filled with the spirit. It also says addressing one another in psalms, hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord in your heart. What's this saying is what we were already talking about. How you choose to treat other people. How you choose to treat them. They voted for somebody you didn't vote for. Don't cuss them out. Don't give them inappropriate emojis or gifts, gifs, however they say it. Don't get, don't, don't, don't get involved in that. But it says speaking to other. What does it say here? Speaking to other and addressing one another in psalms and hymns. And spiritual songs. What, what, if we just, what if we really did that? 
Instead of getting mad and frustrated and cussing folks out. And I know some of y'all, y'all cuss. Y'all be cussing in your heart. You may not cuss only. Some of y'all, y'all cuss people out with your horn. Somebody cut you off. You blow your horn. You cussing. That's what you really mean. Got real quiet right there. <laughs> but, 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 but what if we choose to lift ourselves up in song? I think I've shared with you guys before, and some people looked it up. <laughs> but uh, I, I listen to a lot of Christian gospel rap in the morning. And one of my favorites that I like to listen to is by Canton Jones. And he sings a song that says, I must stay saved. And I think that's self-explanatory. And some mornings, I need that. Come on, some of y'all need it too. (laughs) But it's a song that ministers to my heart that basically is saying, no matter how anybody treats you today, I'm going to stay saved. I'm going to lift my eyes to the hills from which come in my help. Because some days you need a little more help than others, where my real folks at. Someday you need a little, especially if you're dealing with people. Some of those, you see guys working in factories, you get mad at the equipment. But just just be praying for your brothers and sisters that have to deal with people. Because people will try you. I wish I I had some real people in here this morning. They, They will try you. That's why I told you, sometimes the best thing you can do, you wake up in the morning you know, Samson, when he was assessing his strength, you know, he, they said he shook himself. Delilah, he kept trying to fool Delilah, and he would tell her all these things that would sap his strength. But then he tried to determine if his strength was there. He would just shake himself, and he knew his strength was with him, and he was all right. Some of y'all, y'all need to shake yourself in the morning. Be like, whoo, Lord, are you with me this morning? Can I make it? And if you shake yourself and come up empty... You might just need to call in and say, I, I can't make it today. It's, 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 it's not a good day. Y- y'all laughing. I'm serious. Sometimes the best thing you can do to preserve your Christianity is take off that day. Because if you go, you might cut somebody out. <laughs> I'm trying to see where my real people at this morning. You might say some things you regret. You might pitch an attitude. Now, you might say stuff that you know what we say when we're upset. Like, you done, you done chose the right one today. <laughs> For the uninitiated, that means you actually chose the wrong one. And you might want to run. If somebody ever says to you, what did you say? They're not really asking you to repeat it. I wouldn't say it again. In fact, I might just run. Y'all not helping me this morning. <laughs> Somebody says, I put this on my mama. Now, you, you know, you need to run quickly because the violence has likely already started. You, you know what I'm saying. But, but what my point is, sometimes you just, somebody say, shake yourself. Shake yourself in the morning. Let's make sure I can talk to people in, in hymns and, and spiritual songs and, and, and not talk to them in, in Tupac and Biggie Smalls because, you know, I might say some things I regret. It'll make me feel better for like 10 seconds. But then as soon as I say it, I'll be like, Lord, I shouldn't have done that. And it says, finally, and I'm closing, giving thanks always. Somebody say always. Giving thanks always for all things. Somebody say it with me. Say all All things. things. Giving thanks always for all things. That's powerful. That's powerful. That's not lip service. That's, That's a state of mind. You have to be in a state of mind to give thanks always for all things. You know, there's that person at work. Most of you have that person at work. They always seem extra happy. They always say hi, and they're real excited about being at work. I remember this one lady. She said no matter what day it was, she put happy in front of it. She speaks like, happy Monday, happy Tuesday, happy Wednesday. Come on, y'all. Y'all know you work for. Hopefully, some of you, it, that's you. 
It ought to be you. Why are, you're the Christian? Why are you the depressed person at work? You the Christian? Why people got to walk on eggshells around you? You're the Christian? Why people got to whisper? Girl, I don't know if I speak to them today. It's not looking good. Why are you that person? You're a Christian. You ought to be like Christ. Like Christ means, I'll tell you something about Christ. Christ was always approachable. He was approachable. People from different walks of life felt comfortable walking up to Jesus. He was approachable. He, he, he didn't have a scowl on his face all the time. I say this many times and I hope you get it. The joy that's in your heart ought to make it to your face. I don't make it to your face. No such thing as mad Christian. How can you be a Christian and be mad all the time? How, how, how can you be a Christian and, and always have what you call a testimony, but it depresses everybody else? People run when they see you. Don't talk to him. He's just going to tell you about all his problems. Don't do it. How can you be a Christian and be the most depressing face that people see every day? That's something that you, you we've preached it before. Somewhere along the line, you lost your connection. Your phone says Verizon, but you don't have any service. Y'all get that in a minute. <laughs> you got your I'm a Christian shirt on, but there's no connectivity. You're no longer connected to God. Because if you're connected to God, you ought to have joy in your heart because your victory is not in the acquisition of things. My victory is in Jesus. When it says, thanks be to God who has already given us the victory, that doesn't mean a new car and a new house. That doesn't mean a six-figure job. That's not what that means. That means that we, when we have secured the victory in Jesus Christ, that means in the spirit. And if I have victory in the spirit, then my decision to have joy is a choice. I choose to have joy today. I choose to live in victory. I choose to live with my head up. I choose to smile at those people who are around me. Because, because Jesus is in me, that means I have victory inside of me. You have victory in you. I came to tell everybody in here and everybody that's watching by, by online, you have victory in you. Somebody hashtag that, I have victory in me. I have victory in me. Victory is residing on the inside of me, so how can I be depressed? How can I be distraught? Paul said, we're cast down and we're not destroyed. No matter what happens to us, we still have the victory. It's like the example that you often see. The example of the somebody will have a $100 bill, they'll throw it down, they'll step on it, they'll crumble it up. But if I did all that, would you still want it? You still want it. Because despite what it's been through, it still retains its value. Despite what it's been through, it still retains its value. And I came to tell somebody, no matter what you've been through, you have not lost your value. You are still valuable in the eyes of God. Let me even tell you this. There are certain currencies... The older they get, the more they're worth. They're worth more than what it says on their face. I can't even tell somebody you're worth more than what you look like. <laughs> you're worth more than what you look like. And some of you say, well, I've been through a special circumstance. I've been through a, a special storm. I was listening the other day and they were talking about a certain, a certain bill where the mint, U.S. Mint had made a mistake. They made a mistake and the numerical sequence was not correct. But as soon as they recognized that mistake, they stopped. But a certain amount of those bills got in circulation. And because they were so limited, because they had made a mistake, because of that error, that bill was worth two and three times what it normally would be worth. 
Somebody, I'm telling you right now, just because of the storm you've been through. Just because of the trial that you've been. God even said in his word, he said, because of your embarrassment. Because people were made aware of what you were going through. God saying, I'm pouring a, a double blessing in your direction just because of your storm. That's because of your trial. I'm trying to let somebody know you're not less valuable because of what you've been through. But you're more valuable. You're worth more in the eyes of God. I'll close with this story. You remember the woman? Jesus was at the house of Simon, the Pharisee. He had invited him to his home for dinner. Then the woman came in, the woman of the streets, as many describe her. She came down with her with her oil, with her alabaster box, as some have described. She broke open the perfume and she began to wash Jesus feet. She washed Jesus feet and she pulled She used her hair and dried his feet. Simon said, and the Pharisees, well, they didn't even say it. That's how Jesus is. Notice how the scripture is there. They were saying in their heart that if Jesus is truly a prophet, he would know that this woman is not worthy. She's not deserving because of what she's been through, because of her occupation, because she's a woman of the streets. He shouldn't let him, he shouldn't let her touch him. Jesus said in response to what they thought in their hearts, not to what they said. In fact, Jesus, he said he notes something. He says something special, something I, I never heard him say before in the scriptures. He said, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he said, Simon said, say on Jesus. He said this. He said, if you owed much. If your debt is forgiven, he gives him the parable. Will you be more grateful than someone who owes less? And Simon said, yes, the one who owes more. Will be the one who's most grateful. Jesus said this woman recognizes how much she owes. And because she recognizes how much she owes. She's more grateful than you are. He said, I came in your house. And you did not wash my feet. He said, but this woman has not stopped washing my feet. This woman understands how to be grateful because she owes so much. And I'm talking to somebody who, who might be listening right here or somebody who might be listening to us online. It doesn't matter what you have done. It doesn't matter where you've been. Doesn't matter what you've gone through. Baby, it doesn't matter where you are right now. But if you recognize how much you owe, you're more grateful. In another way, way of saying it, Jesus is saying her service is more valuable because she understands how much she owes. She's going to be a better servant to me than you are because she understands the, the size of her debt. She's going to love me a little harder than you love me, Simon, because she appreciates the, the forgiveness that I can give her for her great debt. No matter what you've been through, no matter what you're going through right now, no matter where you are right now, you are valuable in the eyes of God. God has not forgotten you. God will not toss you to the side. God will not say you're not worthy. God will not push you out. God will not ostracize you. God will not call you names. God will not label you by what you've been through. God will not label you by what you're going through right now. But God said you can toss all of those labels out because my blood and my love, it covers it all. Aren't you glad that God's love covers it all? Everyone's standing to your feet. Aren't you glad God's love covers it all? No matter what I've been through, no matter what I'm struggling with right now, the love of God, it covers my sins. It covers my faults. It covers my struggles. And don't ever say, anybody who's listening, don't ever say, that I'm not worthy to come to God. I'm not worthy to be a Christian. I'm not, I'm not worthy. I've done too much. I've hurt too many people. 
I've missed out on too many opportunities. I'm too old. I'm, it's past my time. I've made too many mistakes. But God still loves you and God still treasures you. And you know what? When you recognize how much you owe, it teaches you to give thanks in everything. It teaches you to give thanks in everything. Because you know what you say? If God forgave me of all of my sins, I'm thankful on Thursday when my bills are late. If God forgave me of all of my sin, I can still praise him when I lose my job. If God forgave me of all of my sin, I don't have to live in fear of this virus. If it touches me, God still has a plan for me. Since God forgave me of all of my sin, he can do the same thing for my friends. He can do the same thing for my neighbors. He, he can do the same thing for my children. If God forgave me of this great debt, I'm going to give thanks in all things, always, in all things. Because I know that is the will of God in Christ Jesus for me. Christ's sacrifice made it possible for me to be covered by his blood so every day I got a reason somebody say I got a reason I got a reason to praise I got a reason to give thanks I got a reason to give him glory I can praise him during a pandemic I can praise him during the trial I can praise him during the storm because when I come out of this I'm going to be more valuable than I ever was before Please be patient with me. God is not through with me yet. But I know when I go through the trial, when I go through the storm, I shall come forth as pure gold. For it does not yet appear what we shall be. But when he returns, we shall be like him. For he shall see us as we are. Somebody give God some praise in this house. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. Let me pray with you, Heavenly Father, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for these, your word that comes to help us in a place of hurting, to encourage us in a place of doubt, to give us a shelter in the middle of this storm, in the middle of this pandemic. To let us know that our, our faith will yet triumph. That we can live through disappointment. That we can live through loss. Knowing that in you we still have the victory. We have victory on the inside of us. And for that Lord we just say thank you. Lord there may be someone today who says that I know that my life is not in the right place that it should be. Why don't you pray this prayer with me real quick. Why don't you lift those hands and say, Lord, I am a sinner. I have fallen short of your glory. And I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry for all of my sin. Please forgive me. Lord, I need you to wash my heart. Wash my mind. Wash me all over, Lord. Create within me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Lord, I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ was crucified. He died and was buried but rose again with all power in his hand. And today, I claim him as my Savior and my Lord. Jesus, come into my heart and I'll make you my Savior and my Lord. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. If you say that prayer by faith, you say it with commitment in your heart, then you are saved. 
you are saved, you are saved. For those who are watching by stream, we encourage you that if you said that sinner's prayer, and if you're not connected to a church, please feel free to join us here at Bright Temple. If you want to join us by text, you can text Bright Temple to 66866. Again, you can text Bright Temple to 66866. And you can become a digital part of our body right now. And we enjoyed you being with us on this morning. And we pray God's blessings over you and your household, even through this week. God bless you. Thank you.